I'm now in West Bengal and I'm looking out across green, high, tall, expansive trees in front of me. I can see some goats grazing on the ground and about 50 meters away there's a relatively quiet road. So if you hear horns, and you'll probably hear quite a few, because although it's a quiet road, it's all relative. That's why. It's been a great week on the bike. I have covered so far over 500 kilometers in five days, in four days in fact. And this has been down to having Sunny, Nikish and Gautam ride with me from Patna. Now, these guys are from Kolkata and there was an organization called Kelu Rugby set up by a Brit called Paul and it helps kids in Kolkata who don't have very many opportunities uh, get involved with some extracurricular activities such as rugby, but then also supporting them through education, employment opportunities afterwards, such as in decathlon. And recently they set up a cycle team and Sunny is uh, in, in charge of the bike shop and is an experienced cyclist. And Paul invited them to join me, or at least connected us up. And I was really, really thrilled that they joined me in Patna. And we've so far cycled 300, four, sorry, 500 kilometers together. Three of them, uh, they brought two bikes. So we've been alternating on the back. And they're strong cyclists, they're experienced cyclists. So we've been making some very good time. Some of the quickest uh, riding that I've done on Chris, which has been very nice for a change to feel like we're making big distance and doing it quickly. Today, I want to tell you about our first day together when we left Patna. And for me, it's a story about the interesting turns of events that so often happen when traveling, and I think particularly in India. We left Patna in the morning and headed across some flat roads, making very, very good time. And our destination for that day was Nalanda University. Now, Nalanda University is a university that's 1,400 years old. It's now only in ruins, but it was one of the great teaching places of Buddhism which uh, attracted scholars and travelers and holy people from all all across India and beyond. And it was one thing that I've been recommended to see in Bihar. So we cycled for 100 kilometers and we still had another 20 kilometers to go to where Google Maps said Nalanda University was. When we saw a sign saying, actually, Nalanda University, it's just off to the right here. So we took this path up to the right and we came to the ruins of the university. And there were some lots of stools around selling trinkets and touristy items and bracelets and necklaces and Coca-Cola and soft drinks. And I was very happy after four hours on the bike to see some Coke Zero, which uh, I don't like the full fat stuff. And uh, Coke Zero is quite uncommon in India generally. So I was delighted to find some Coke Zero and I was chugging that. As we found out that the Nalanda University, it was closed. Not waiting for the Dean to return, but because of COVID. 
and it it was actually it was open between the hours of nine and two and we had arrived at three o'clock so because of covid they thought well there's probably quite a high chance that it's going to be transmitted between two and five in the afternoon so we'll reduce the hours so we'd cycled all this way to get to Nalanda University, discovered it was closed at three o'clock in the afternoon because of COVID. And let me just paint the scene that no one wears a mask, no one gives a toss about transmission in India. And then we were wondering what we were going to do. And Gautam kind of went off and was on his phone for a bit. And then he said something to Sunny. And Sunny speaks fantastic English, Gautam and Nikish, they don't speak so much English. So everything kind of goes through Sunny. And Sunny said, oh, there's, there's a rugby match happening. And um, it's, it's just up the road. It was a training session. Uh, do you want to go? And I said, well, I mean, we're not, we're not really doing anything at Nalanda University. This place is closed, but why don't we, why don't we check this out? And Nikish, Gautam and Sunny, they'd all played rugby in Kolkata uh, with Poole, under Poole's programme. So they, they'd known a bit of rugby. And we went about two minutes up the road, through this tiny gate, into this football pitch. And then down the other side of that, onto the hill, there was a stretch of uh, dirt ground. And I couldn't believe it. There were 30 teenagers drilling touch rugby passing the ball one to the next to the next running up and down between cones playing like mock matches and what surprised me the most was that out of the 30 people there 20 were teenage girls and across my time in UP uh, Uttar Pradesh and Bihar when cycling around and mum will attest to this barely saw a single woman barely saw a single woman out in public and certainly not seeing young teenage girls in shorts that was the last thing i expected to see in in, in india and and playing rugby no less so we came down to watch these youngsters train and it was clear that they weren't weren't just going through the motions, weren't just um, doing it as a after school activity. There was intent and drive and determination in what they were doing, and a huge dynamism to these movements. And it was such a beautiful thing to watch these bodies in full flight, sprinting, watching muscles ripple and flow, and seeing seeing the body and human in in um, in motion, which is just not something I had seen for a long time. When we arrived, we created a bit of a stir and Gautam explained who we were and he'd actually trained at this place uh, a few years ago. So he knew a few of the people and they invited us to a game. And so we ended up playing a game of touch rugby, having come off for four hours of cycling, 100 kilometers under the belt. And then we were invited to a game of touch rugby, which was just fantastic. I, of course, was a bit hopeless. Uh, I always love team sports. Unfortunately, I'm not very good at them. And that was no different here. I 
in touch rugby you play mixed mixed genders and my opposite number was this girl probably around 14 or 15 with this really determined look in her eye and each time she got the ball and we sort of faced off each one another she would go to her right and i'd sort of get, you know, go with her and then she would just turn in the split second and just bolt off to the left and leave me standing and a number of times she ran literal circles around me was amazing was fantastic was a a delight i mean it was also slightly embarrassing and i think everyone at the beginning thought that the brit would be quite good at rugby and by the end they realized it's not um a, a genetic condition of the brits to be good at rugby but it was just a wonderful experience to be part of and at the end of that day or at the end of the session rather we were wondering what we're going to do are we going to carry on cycling are we going to try and wait around and visit and land university the following morning when it will open because between the hours of nine and two cable transmission doesn't happen but before we did make our decision one lady who was actually their coach came up to us. Her name was Sweater, uh, Sweater Shahi. She came up to us and she invited us to stay with her in in her village. And uh, she seemed to be quite an influential figure and in the training. And I was quite quite interested to find out a bit more about her. Uh, and so we said yes, yes, we'd love to. Um, come to your village and uh, spend the evening there though i did so with some trepidation because i know by this point in india that i like my personal space i like my control over my schedule and as soon as you accept an offer to go with someone and stay with them you sign away any personal liberties for the time that you're with them you have no control over your time first of all the training session had to come to a close and the sweater suggested that we go and visit a local landmark which wasn't Nalanda University it's a couple of kilometers cycle away and we cycled there and you remember that Nalanda University this birthplace not birthplace a great teaching center of Buddhist traditions and um, uh, knowledge and where lots of the texts were written and refined and taught attracted people from all around the world And we rounded this corner, we passed this beautiful square lake with the sun quite low in the sky, orange shining over it. And I saw a Chinese pagoda rise up. When we got there, we saw there was a statue and it was a statue to a guy named Huan Zhang. That's obviously not an Indian name. Huan Zhang, came to Nalanda University around about 630 AD and he was a Chinese Buddhist scholar, a prodigy from a young, young age and he made a journey to India, the birthplace of Buddhism to find out more and to deepen his understanding and his teachings and to bring back the true word and uh, meaning of Buddhism to China. And this was a trip that meant in total, he was away for 18 years. 18 years he was away from China. The initial journey out there took him three. 
going through some of the places that I had also passed and going through some of the most inhospitable parts of the landscape, you know, through the Himalayas, through the Tian Shan Mountains, quite an extraordinary journey. And this, this uh, pagoda was here to commemorate Huan Zhang and his journey and his reverence of the Buddhist teachings. And I think it's quite interesting, not only because you have this incredible pagoda in the, in the middle of India, which is just a, a, totally the last place I was expecting it, and there's a statue of this traveler with this almost like a sort of uh, leaning tower of peas, a backpack made of bamboo that leans up, that goes up beyond his head by another, you know, foot and a half, and sort of hangs over him with this umbrella that's perched on top. Uh, most ingenious but it's also one of it's interesting as one of one of the few examples of uh china india collaboration and uh partnership that still exist so we saw this um this pagoda read about his life and then we went over to the village and i was very grateful there to find that i actually had a room to myself which was exactly what i needed and uh, we had a, had a shower, had a wash, and then I met some of her family. And Sweta told me a bit about herself, that she is actually a rugby international, playing for India. She plays women's rugby for India. And she started learning how to play rugby from watching YouTube videos. And there was no one to play with in Bihar, in Nalanda. So she got her brother to start playing rugby so they could train together. And since then, she's represented India. She's been one of the rugby, uh, rugby federation union, the international rugby union sort of star, um, promoters of anyone from around the world can play rugby. And what I realized is the fact that there were, the reason there were so many young girls playing rugby was probably in very large part down to Sweater being such a role model. And she is this charismatic, bubbly, determined lady who is very, very unlike a lot of the, the women that I met, um, well, <laughs> saw in, in Bihar and UP. But perhaps the conversation got a bit heavy because the rest of her family wanted to start teaching me some words in Bihar, Bihari. So I thought I'd share, share some of them with you. Um, one of them is Abesale. And I think you'd really sort of say it like, Abesale? Which means, what are you going to do? When you're annoyed with someone, you say, what are you going to do? You know, you starting on me. So that was, that was the beginning of the trend. And we moved on through a few words until they then taught me and you shouldn't repeat this, Madachota. Now, the first word means mother, and I'll let you work out what the second word means. But needless to say, when I repeated it, everyone fell about in fits of laughter. We, we had a... We, 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 I escaped eventually from the family, got a bit of time to myself, um, and eventually after dinner on the rooftop and watching and hearing the sounds of the village, and I should say the village, it was um, unlike anywhere I'd been in India, it was off the main road, off, not in a town, not, you know, almost not even in a village, it was such a small place. Uh, but what was incredible on the way in uh, is that there was a small square pond, and they always tend to be square ponds, in India 
and this narrow dirt track that went round it that we were using to get to the house and there were buffalo around and there were chickens in the street and on this path was a tuk-tuk with two huge speakers subwoofer speakers attached to the back of it and they would belting out music absolutely belting out music and behind there was probably about 10 or 15 young guys all just dancing and bopping and jumping up and down to the music in this middle of nowhere in this tiny tiny village and Sunni told me that this was to celebrate as a festival to the god uh, Saraswati and you um ask her for help with your exams apparently so she's very popular amongst the the young generation or the young people in in india and uh, apparently dancing to loud music is a good way of passing your exams so it was an amazing place this village and very special to come here because uh, it was so different from where I would usually stay and usually go and feel confident going because I wouldn't usually just go and off the beaten track down some village path to see if someone would look after me for the evening. Anyway, I did have uh, my own room to sleep in. I was very grateful for this. However, it was the sort of room that was, you know, a little bit sort of damp around the edges. There was no um, netting or windows across the sort of gaps in the wall. Um, And so there were quite a few mosquitoes there. And I remember going to bed feeling distinctly um, uncomfortable with the thought that there was going to be nothing I could do to stop the onslaughts of mosquitoes and just wondering how uh, how Sweater and her family lived every night having mosquitoes descend on you and suck your blood and it brings home why malaria can be so, so prevalent. Um, and I, to my, to my shame, I, there was a fan in the room and I, I put the fan on to blow air into me because I found in the past that stops the mosquitoes really from getting a, a, a runway, a, a sight line at my face. It just blows them out of the way. So in this pretty humble place where I'm sure they don't use the fan very much and certainly not in winter, I did put the fan on. And I did manage to get a good night's sleep. Now, in the morning I got up and I was thankfully bite-free, but I realised it perhaps wasn't the mosquitoes I should have been worrying about, because on the floor, I saw lots of these little yellow wriggling things, and I put my glasses on, and I kind of took a closer look, and then I was very glad I was in flip-flops, because these slow-moving wriggling things were yellow paper wasps, They were sluggishly wriggling around the floor, looking very sort of tired and uh, not moving very much. But the floor was covered in them. And there was a, apparently it seemed, I discovered there was a nest in the top corner of the room. (laughs) They'd been very quiet the night before. And so it was um, with a bit of relief that I exited the room, got my stuff out, and we, we we left the village. We left Sweater's village. We did go back to Nalanda University. It was quite remarkable that it was 1,600 years old, and a lot of the brick was still intact, though it previously been covered in earth mounds. We, we looked round, saw the various different cloisters, and, you know, the places that the 
students stayed were smaller than the room I had been in, so it was not an easy existence. Um, but you know, we we needed to carry on our our journey at the end of all of this, and it had already passed to eleven o'clock. So we thanked Sweater, her family, uh, for all all her help. Um, and before we went, though, there was just there was just one more thing we had to do, or two. We had to you, know, you absolutely have to stay for a cup of tea. And we said, oh, we really need to go. They insisted and we had a cup of tea. And the very final thing was, of course, India's signature sig- signature move. And that was a click. So that was our legacy, leaving a photo behind. Just the wind, I'll go.